I'm going to begin reading in Nehemiah chapter number 8 and verse number 9. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, that's five verses. I'm going to give each verse about one and a half minute. Do you believe that? How many of you are for that? Are you for that? Okay. All right. The only reason you're here is because you went, you went to see Mama and she kicked you out and you didn't have anywhere else to go, right? Okay. All right. Well, so uh, chapter number 8, verse number 9. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Verse 10, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of the people, the priests, the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. This, what I'm going to call... Uh, short passage of Scripture to me has some powerful truths in it uh, this evening, and I want to spend our service time in sharing some of this stuff with you, possibly uh, illustrating it if I can. We had some folks who said they had a really big Mother's Day meal, and I needed to do everything I could to keep them awake. So I have some illustrations. I'm doing cartwheels and jumping jacks and all kinds of things. No, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather you sleep than you have to see me do that. But anyway, we're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And we're going to ask Him to do some great things here in our time together this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word, and it is powerful. We're going to talk about that tonight. Lord, we're thankful that we have the freedom in which we can bring our Bibles to church. We can open them and freely read the Scriptures. This is not just another book to us. This is your holy word, and we desperately need it. I pray that in these next few moments, Lord, that you would put aside other things in our minds that, though they may be fine and good, but might would interrupt what you have for us tonight. Lord, you know my desire. I've been telling you all week about, I'd love to just be a blessing to these people here that have come tonight. I pray that the truths that you have laid on my heart would be uh, shared in a way that's understandable and practical so that these folks can take and receive what's been given and use it in their daily life. We will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. We back up to the beginning of chapter number 8. And just kind of a forsake of a, a touch of review, Ezra has been asked by Nehemiah to come and, verse 1, read from the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord has commanded Israel. Nehemiah has requested, of course, again, of Ezra to come and read the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. Ezra reads the word of God, and here's what's interesting. He reads it. From morning till midday. From morning till midday. Okay? Uh, Some folks come to church, sit down, and we're not in the second verse of Amazing Grace, and they're already, you know, resting in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, someone standing up? Now, I don't know. I don't know if Ezra was a reader with dramatic emphasis. Or if he was a monotone reader. You've probably heard both, right? But the fact is, whether he was a bombastic reader of the the law of Moses or not, the people, the Bible says, that he read it from morning until midday, 
And verse 3, the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. They weren't, they, they weren't, they weren't just listening. The Bible says they responded with amen. That's, that's hardy to hear every once in a while. Brother Mark, when, well, don't let me stop you. Go ahead. When you preach this morning, it's kind of nice to get an amen every once in a while, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay. These people were amening, okay? Remember when we were out in the parking lot? Some of you honkers got happy with your horn in your car. But boy, we get you in the auditorium. Hear the crickets chirping. These people, the Bible was being read morning till midday. They were amening. What else were they doing? Lifting up their hands. Bowing their heads in reverence to the Lord. The Bible says they even worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. We find ourselves now in verse number 9. Now up to this point, Ezra has been reading the book of the law of Moses. But we come to verse number 9 and I want to read it again to you. And this is what it says. And Nehemiah which is the Tershatha, and I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people. Now, the first thing I want to draw your attention to tonight in this message, in this passage, by way of points, is we see that there are multiple messengers. In this verse of 9, we see that now Nehemiah... Ezra and the Levites are now getting ready to send a message. Now, we're not going to address the message yet because there's something here at at the very start of this verse that's interesting to me and that I would like to share with you. So we have in verse 9, who do we have? Nehemiah? Who else? Ezra? Who else? The Levites. We have three different... Uh, I'll, I'll say individuals, Levites being a group of people, but three different sources of messengers. If we could compare that to today, we would think maybe of Ezra as the pastor, uh, Levites as the staff, uh, may it be church staff, Christian school teachers, something along those lines, and Nehemiah as the layman. We do remember that Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. He wasn't pastor, assistant pastor, associate pastor, mechanical pastor, whatever. He, he was a layman. He loved Lord. Was he related to you? I don't know, Brother Justin. But anyway, he was a layman. And he, it'll come in a minute. Okay. Uh, and he loved the Lord, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem was a passion of his. But he was a good, godly layman in the church. Now, uh, this word, Tershatha, now there's two different pronunci- pronunciation, pronunci- <laughs> pronunciations for this word, and I'll probably give it about three more during the message, okay? But what this word means is deputy or governor. And he calls himself, because he's writing the book, Nehemiah, and he, he, he says the Tershatha. In other words, he's a, he's a leader in town, but he is a layman in the church. Now, what's interesting, and this is not really the message, but I did want to pull something out of here that's interesting to me. If you look back in, in chapter number 7, and verse 70, it says, And some of the chief of the fathers gave unto the work. Now, these were people who gave uh, to, of course, fund the work. The Tershatha gave to the treasure a thousand drams of gold, fifty basins, five hundred and thirty priest's garments. Now it's interesting because then in the next chapter of 8, he names himself that title. In other words, I see this, I see a layman who loves the Lord and loves giving to moving the work of God forward. And you know, we're thankful that we have a whole host of people like that in our church uh, this evening. Uh, You know, it would be kind of, it would not be productive if all we had was Brother Jeremy, just a, a group of staff people, uh, members of our church. Matter of fact, there wouldn't be any staff after the layman quit coming because there would be no funds to pay the staff. And so we see a layman here 
who is committed to doing the Lord's work, and we see his heart, his treasure is in funding that as well. Just a little side note there. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 11, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So at this point, just at the beginning of verse 9, we see that there are different people, yet they are all teaching the same thing. They were on the same page. Now I'll say this tonight. One of the worst things that you can have in leadership is when, follow me now, leadership is going in different directions. One of the worst things you can have is when you're sending mixed signals to the followers and they do not know which way to go. When leadership is going in different direction, is sending a different message. I've had different responsibilities here at our church through the years. For my first 11 years, uh, I started uh, our Abundant Life. Back then it was the Abundant Life Young Adult Class. Uh, why is that so funny? Uh, I don't, do you know why it's funny, Nate? I mean, just because... Just because you're in your 50s doesn't mean that we're not young adults. And now it's the abundant life. One foot on a banana. Well, anyway. uh, But back then it was the abundant life. That was one thing I was hired to do. The other thing was to be principal of Grandview Christian Academy. And one of the things that I had to work on more than others was making sure that the teachers or leadership in the school were consistent in directing and following through with what we were trying to do as a, as a ministry. Because if your leadership is going in different directions, then the follower is confused about what they ought to do. Which, which, which way should I go? Which way? Now we see in this verse, all three, Nehemiah, Ezra, the, the, the Levites... We're all sending the same message. We haven't told the message yet. We're going to. But I'm drawing your attention to the fact that three different sources of messengers were on the same page. I found that if leadership was sending the same message, the followers knew what was expected of them and how to conduct themselves. Um, I uh, can testify that I'm blessed to, to have had that when I grew up. I had a pastor. I had uh, staff in our church. Now, in my situation, our church did not have a lot of staff, but uh, usually one or two at the most at a time. I'll tell you this, just for sake of information, I had a ton of good godly laymen, just like you, who they spoke words to me that as a young person... I would think, are you, are you for real, really? They would say things like, you know, God's got a special plan for your life. Now, I don't mean they were just saying that to me, but their heart for the next generation and the young people was a heart of directing them to Jesus. So I had a pastor who was doing that. I had staff who were doing that. And I really had more laymen than staff doing that, though I had all three. So if you can picture this, here I am trying to make my way through, learn about life, you know, coming up through my teenage years, and I had three sources of messengers who were directing me in the same path. I'm forever thankful for that. I want to kind of illustrate that for you if I can tonight. I... um, I need an individual who is kind of aimless and hopeless without direction in life. Does anyone know anyone like that in the auditorium? Um, You're pointing to your your husband. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, I I had four ladies point to their husband when I said that. But I'm looking for an individual who has no purpose in life, who's aimless, and uh, anybody like that? (laughs) Everybody's looking. Who do I want to use? All right, let's see. I'm going to pick somebody. I, pick, I had someone in my mind, and then he went to Little Bear Bible Club. Uh, he was 34 years old. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, No, I, don't, I really don't need that. I just need an individual who can help me. Let's see. William, will you help me? 
You have enough direction. You really don't need this illustration, but I'm going to use you if I can. William just came in from Bible college, and he finished his first year, and uh, he, he passed both of his classes. Uh, what was that? Uh, home ec, and what was the other one? Christian womanhood. Okay, well. <laughs> hey, it's where all the girls are, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, all right, just kidding. He's doing a great job. Um, William, I want you to help me here. I've got a contraption here that I put together. And uh, I want you... I need a pastor. Is there a pastor in the room? Brother Layman, can you help me? We're going to hang him high here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not, we're not live on live stream, are we? Uh, and I need, I need a staff person. I need a staff person. Brother Jeremy? No, you... You or TJ, fight it out. You guys. Okay, he wins. Come on up. <laughs> All right. In life, we have different people who help direct us. William, will you stand over here? Will you hold this? Okay. All right. You guys that had a big lunch, I'm trying to keep you awake, okay? All right. Make sure these are in the right order. And I need, oh, I need a lay. Oh, come here. Nate? A layman. Of course, you're two and one. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, let's get them straight. Y'all straighten them out for me. Now, this individual, I, I asked Nate yesterday, I said, can you help me with an illustration in the message tomorrow? And he said, sure. What do I do? I said, well, I'll read the passage of Scripture. I'll give you the outline and you preach the message. Okay? And that will be the illustration. How many of you think that's a great idea? Okay. Here you go. God bless you. No, I'm just kidding. No, actually, he might, take, he might take me up on that. All right. This represents a good godly layman, layman in the church. By the way, this is one. Okay? He's helped me in many projects. He's been a blessing behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and all that kind of good stuff. So you get one of those. Okay. Now, everybody take a step this way, that way, if you will. Okay. Now, pull it tight. In life, you have someone who needs direction and wisdom and guidance. Okay, are you, are you following me? And in life, and in this passage even, we had a pastor, Ezra. We had a, if you will, staff member, uh, the Levites, if you will. And we had a layman, Nehemiah. Okay, Nate, you're the layman. Each one of these people were vital to how this young man turns out for the Lord. Okay, And in this passage, we see that all three sources of messengers were pointing the people in the same direction with the same message. And I'll say this tonight, this is exactly what I had. I grew up with a pastor pointing me to Jesus. I grew up with staff pointing me to Jesus. I grew up with good godly laymen that were pointing me to the Savior. And I tell you what, you, you put this mix together, and we're going to reach a lot of people for the cause of Christ. You get these people in agreement. And let me say this kind of off the cuff here because we're on the subject, okay? When I grew up, if these people disagreed with each other or had an issue or problem, here's what they did not do. Give me this. I can't believe that teacher of yours. I can't. Why do they give you so much homework? What in the world? I'm going to have to have a talk with that teacher. Well, you think I should have a talk with that teacher? I'm going to go have a talk. Teacher, what in the world are you doing? You're the staff member. You're the teacher. That's not what they did. You know what they did? They worked out things among them. Why? Because their goal was not to help me discredit leadership. Their goal was to work it out so I would follow the right path and direction in life. And in any ministry, in any institution for that matter, this is exactly what we need. We need an individual, which can be us, anybody, but we all have that same uh, directors, those who are messengers that were sending the same message. And this is what these people had. These people had that. By the way, let me say this. This is what my wife and I had in raising our children at Grandview Baptist Church. This is what we had. You remember how I told you that that's what I had? And even though if they 
they had a little issue or a problem, they went to each other and figured it out. You say, how do you know that? Well, now that I'm older, every once in a while I'll hear a story about when I was younger and, you know, my parents didn't quite maybe understand this or that, whatever the case was. And I didn't know what they did, but they, you know, now they tell, well, yeah, well, we went in and we asked about that because we didn't understand, but we didn't want to make you doubt or question your authority or anything like that. And so they worked it out among us, among themselves. This is what we had with our children at Grandview Baptist Church. And this is exactly what we need to continue to have as we move this ministry forward. But I'm going to, show you, I'm going to share with you a danger real quick. A danger is when one of these individuals, Brother Jeremy, I'm going to pick on you, because you're the one that's smiling the biggest way. Hey, here's what happens. Keep it tight, but... One of the messengers starts sending a different message. This could be a, he's representing a, a staff member or a teacher or someone like that now. You know, there's been many of people go astray because somebody in their life started sending them the wrong message and they weren't following the way of the Lord. They were following their own way. Go back, if you will, over here. I'm thinking of, uh, even this is a, this is a picture, this next one is kind of a picture of, of a sad situation. I want you to move over there, but keep it tight, if you will, okay? Yeah, just keep going, you'll fall off, okay? This is another situation. A parent. Do you know how many parents, when I was growing up, look here, were more concerned about their children's financial well-being than following what God had called them to do? And so they got off, they, they were sending a mixed signal here. Let me see if I can go under this thing. They were sending a mixed signal. And so the, the, the young person is like, well, what do I do? My, my pastor, my, uh, my Sunday school te- or my school teacher, uh, but, but I don't understand. And they're getting a mixed message. Folks, our goal in what we're doing in this ministry is, if you'll go back in line, is to do this right here. Send a... A, 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 a similar message from all the leadership that, hey, we love you. And, we want, and, and by the way, these guys aren't calling the shots. They're following the Lord. They're following the Lord. Pastor, following the Lord. Staff member, following the Lord. This represents deacon, parent, t- coach, whatever it is. Folks, we've got to stay on the same page for the sake of Him. And that's what these people had. They had leadership who might not always agree, but they worked it, among them, worked it out among themselves and they pulled him in the direction to follow Jesus Christ with his life. Put this, put that away if you will. Thank you for doing that. If anybody else needs to use this for anything. I'll... If anybody needs a toe strap later, let me know. That's what we see. And that's what I see just in the very start of this. We see that these three individuals, these messengers, if you will, were pulling the people in the same direction. Now, what was the message? Well, that's what we're going to talk about next tonight. Number two, we see a meaningful message in verses, the end of verse 9 to verse 10. This day is holy unto the Lord. Your God, verses, this is the end of verse 9 into verse 10. This is the message that's being sent to the people that all three sources are sending. This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This message was so heartfelt that it moved the people to get right with God and to get involved in his service. You know, it's amazing how powerful uh, a message can be when the Word of God is its foundation and source. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Psalm 107, verse, you say there's a, lot of, there's a lot of scripture in the Bible about the word. Well, there ought to be. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. There is power in the word of God. It's not just another book on the, on the bookshelf. It's not a book that we just store precious memories in. When I was growing up, it was popular to have a, a big family Bible on the coffee table. Is that, okay, the, all of you that are 50 and older, raise your hand, okay. Uh, you know, and, and what will you do? You open up the family Bible and you find a leaf that little Johnny, you know, picked up off the ground and mom can't get rid of it, so she put it in there. You find pictures of your great, 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 great grandmother, and you're, you're saying, wow, I'm glad I don't look like her. You know, it just, and it's just things in that Bible. It's like, what in the world? Now it's fine. We used to do that. It's not a problem with that. But that's not the reason for the Bible, to store precious items. It's the book that, that gives us what we need in our daily life. It is powerful. It is potent. And it is prominent in our lives. We ought to uphold the Word of God. You know, my parents taught me that the Word of God was special. Uh, Even the very book that we would bring to church, and I know this may seem, uh, you know, there's different opinions, and this is not like something in the Bible necessarily, but they wanted me to respect this. We never put our Bible on the floor. If yours is on the floor right now, pick it up. Uh, We never put anything on top of the Bible. We... My parents, now they taught me what was between the cover. Don't, don't misunderstand. But they taught me to respect the Word of God. They taught me to bring it to church and to use it. Now we put verses on the screen and that's fine and helpful. But that's not what we depend on. We depend on the Bible that we bring with us. Because in it holds the truths of our lives that we need for our own life as, as we raise our children and as we move forward in our lives. And so this Word of God, boy, it's mend marriages. It's brought families together. It has changed lives. And in this passage, we see that as the Word of God was just being read, the people started weeping. Why? Well, one of the reasons that's been said is because it brought conviction. You ever read the Bible and as God was speaking to your heart, it's like, oh, wow, I need to work on that. I need to stop doing that. I need to start doing that. You hear the Word of God preached or taught in a lesson, and, and maybe, hey, sometimes it's not even the topic of which is being presented, but just because you're under that influence of the power of the Holy Spirit and Him speaking to our hearts... There's something going on where He is communicating with us about something in our life that needs to be changed. We see in verse 9, For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. The message moved the people to get right with God. Be careful about getting numb to the Scripture. Be careful about... Reading your Bible, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be very transparent with you. Sometimes I can be reading anything, and my mind will wonder. You have any, do any of you have any wondering minds out there? Okay. Oh, you didn't hear the question because your mind was wondering. Okay. But anyway, all right. Uh, I can, my mind, I can, I can read something, and, and it'll be a, a word in the reading, and that one word will, will spur a thought that takes me to Never Never Land. Okay. And then I have to go back and find out where was it where I lost that thing. Okay, here's where it was. I have to pay attention. I have to give my full attention to it. And as we hear the Word of God, and as we have the Word of God presented to us, let's not get numb to its power and what it can do in our life. Hey, and when it brings conviction, do something about it. Do something about it. These people... The, the power of the word brought conviction in their life. And the Bible says that they wept when they heard it. Because it was speaking to them. 
It was also a message that brought connection. We see in verse 10, and there's a, there's a portion of verse 10 that I'm pulling from, but it says, part of the message was, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. In other words, what was being taught to them was, look, mourn, get right with God, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and then send portions to them who are, uh, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. In other words, come on down to the altar, get right with the Lord, whatever it is, but when you go back, stop by the track rack, grab a track and start handing them out and start helping do the work of the Lord. And that was part of the message. We see that tonight. Yes, we ought to be sorry for what we do. Yes, we ought to weep when we hear something from the Word of God that pricks our heart. And yes, we ought to get right with God. And yes, we ought to uh, work at keeping our lives aligned to what His Word says. But when we settle that thing, let's go back. And as it was told to these people, go back and do something for the cause of Christ. These are people who uh, heard the Word of God. They wept. But then they went out and they were told, hey, go do something for Jesus. God places us in the path of those people so that we can minister to them. Several years ago, we were handing out 10,000 invitations to church. It was a special day that we were having. I honestly do not remember what the special event was. We've had so many good ones. Uh, It was one of those things where uh, if, if you're on staff and even if you're a member here, sometimes we have a big day coming up. In about four weeks before the big day, we had this grand idea of doing something additional. And so the something additional was, hey, let's get the word out. Let's hand out 10,000 invitations. Okay. Well, this was in the season of, of you know, rain one day and not the next, rain one day and not the next. And so we were, we were making a grand effort of getting 10,000 invitations out. We had places on maps that we were all responsible for. And I was handing out invitations in the... Uh, downtown Oregon City area it was my area, and uh, I was around the Dairy Queen location. Do y'all know where the Dairy Queen location? I uh, I prayed about it, and it was just seeming like God on the map was showing me that that's the area of town that I ought to take, and so I followed that leadership, and I did it. I was I was handing I was putting out uh, invitations. We were putting them on doors. We were trying to get them out as quick as possible, getting the word out. And I passed a gentleman on the sidewalk right in front of Dairy Queen, and uh, I said, "Sir, we're having a big day, and I'd just like to give this to you and 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 hand it out. And I'd love for, we'd love for you and your family to come. Thank you so much for your time." And we were moving because we had a lot to do. As I left the presence of that man went on down the street in my effort of staying on track and getting my quota in and making sure uh, with good intention that we got these handed out. It was like the Holy Spirit said, you need to witness to that guy. And uh, how many of you have ever talked to the Lord, talked back to the Lord? Do you ever talk back to God? No, I mean like bad. I'm not talking about, oh Lord, I'll do what you say. I'm like, I like, I showed God my map and how many flyers I had to hand out. And he's the one that was making it rain at the moment, so I blamed it on him. And I said, do you understand what I have to do today? And he said, yes, I do, and that's why I told you to go back. You need to witness to that guy. And I said, no, I don't want to. Uh, I want to keep going. I want to, get, I want to get this done. This is my area. I want to come back and highlight all the streets and get this thing done. He said, well, I want you to go witness to that gentleman because he needs Christ. I finally, how many of you realize it just doesn't work to argue with the Lord? Okay, you know what I'm saying? You never win. So, and this is a few blocks on down, because see, while I was arguing, I was walking. I figured that if I kept getting farther and farther away, that God would give up, you know. But it was like he got more insistent. And so all that meant was I had to walk backtrack all those steps and hope that the gentleman was still around, the, around town. Well, I did, and he was. And I told him, I said, hey, I know I just talked to you. It was kind of awkward. Uh, but I'd like to talk to you again. I said, I know I handed you that invitation for service, but you know more important than ever coming to one of our services is knowing for sure that you're on your way to heaven. Amen. was able to give him the gospel, and he did trust Christ as his Savior. God places us in the path 
of people so that we can minister to them. And these people were being told the, the, the meaningful message was, okay, you've heard the word of God. It has spoke to your heart. You are right with him. Now, I want you to go out and do something for him. And that's part of the Christian life. And we see that here in this passage. Uh, if we're going to stay involved in his service, then we're going to have to have uh, a, a commitment level that says, I am going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do something for the cause of Christ. Now, this was also a message that reminded them that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, we focus, we, we refer to that passage often, okay? Uh, if we're trying to encourage someone or if we're maybe teaching a lesson about uh, joy or about uh, strengthening from the Lord, we will say, well, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But there's so much truth in that because our strength is gained through our joy in the Lord. Now, I basically just reworded that. But what is our joy in the Lord? Well, part of it to me is me reliving times where God did something great in my life. The joy of the Lord. What joy has the Lord brought in your life that helps strengthen you to move forward? Well, for me, now I don't live in the past, but I do enjoy thinking back on things that God did in my life because it brings joy to me about what God did and it strengthens me as a Christian. I'm convinced that the reason why a lot of people, people maybe feel weak as a Christian spiritually is because they are not taking the time to joy in the Lord. And in my case, I will think back on times of, of wonderful events in my life. I'll think back to the first soul that I ever led to Christ. Do you remember that? Not the one I led, but do you remember yours? I was a young teenager. We had been coming to a Baptist church for just a few years. This was all new to me. I'd never heard of a bus ministry. I didn't know what that was. We were having a big day at church, and the church was using its current property that it had recently built a building on, as well as a smaller piece of property up the road for special events or occasions of, of this nature. It was a big day. And our youth leader came up to me, and we had a big host of people, and he said, you got your Bible with you? I said, yes. He said, I want you to take this young man right around here and uh, lead him to give him the gospel and give him an opportunity to trust Christ as his Savior. I did that. Every time I go back and visit, and I was just visiting my dad last February, I passed by that spot. That's a wonderful place for me. It's a place where I relive that first opportunity I had to share the gospel and to see someone else trust Christ. That brings joy to me. That strengthens me. That helps me understand that God worked through me to see something great. I remember a few years ago when I was a bus captain in Oregon City, there was a need for a bus captain. This was not, this was not mandatory for me to do as a staff member. But there was a bus captain who was stepping down. Our children were young. And I wanted, to, I wanted to be in a ministry with my children. I didn't want dad just going off and being in ministry. But I wanted to do something with our children. And so I took that bus route. And God blessed. And we, we had some wonderful days. We had some not so wonderful days. But God was in it. And it was a wonderful time. But I remember one time in particular that brings joy to my life. And it was when uh, we were having a big day at church. We had worked really hard. Uh, we had knocked many doors. We had got the word out. We were so excited, praying and asking the Lord to bless. And we pulled up to our last, I'll call it our last stop. It wasn't our last house, but it was our last stop. And the bus was already almost full. It was a wonderful thing. I even had families that I had to ask, can you drive in because there's not room on the bus? We pulled up to this last stop of several places. It would be similar to an apartment complex. And there were people waiting outside their homes, outside their apartments. 
I had no room for them. I didn't know what to do. That's a good problem, by the way. Okay, I called the church. I said, hey, uh, I'm in need of, uh, is there anybody at church who has a CDL? Is, is there, can you help me find some? I've got a group of people here. It needs to get the church. And uh, our bus is full. I don't have any room. I have people driving in. And if my memory serves me correct, and, and she's here tonight, Mrs. Larum, I believe you grabbed the bus. Did you have your CDL? I can't remember. We didn't ask any questions. Uh, She had a pulse, I remember that, and a key to the bus, I I remember that. Anyway, she, I don't know if someone stopped you in the hallway, I don't really know what happened on this end, but uniquely enough, she's here tonight. She got one of our buses, met me in Oregon City, we filled that one up. That's a wonderful, that is a wonderful memory for me to relive Joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you have times where you go back and you remember what God did for you, in you, through you? You know what that does? It strengthens us. And this message that Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites were all sending in unison was a message of Conviction. Get right with God. Yes, okay. But now that you are, go out and help someone else uh, who's in need of help. And it also was a message of the joy of the Lord is your strength. Reminding the people that if you're going to make it through this Christian life, you're going to need the joy of the Lord that strengthens you. I remember so many things. I, I remember when our first child was born. I was at... Uh, Baja Fresh, ordering some food. My wife said, he's coming. I said, well, tell him to hold on a minute. I'm next in line. You know. They had some pretty good food there. Or at least they did. I don't know if they still I remember the joy of holding our first child. Of course, Derek's here. It was a precious time. That's joy of the Lord right there. I remember the joy of our second child. And our third child, and our fourth child, and I told God that's enough joy. I'm good. I'm good. I can handle it for a while. Okay. No. All joyful times. Hey, folks. I want to tell you something tonight. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the joy of what this world can provide. Not the joy of what you feel like you have to muster up financially. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And it helps us to take time and think about what God has done in our life. I think about what God has done in other people's lives. Do you know Blanca Skaggs is not supposed to be here, is she? Several years ago, she was battling cancer that was supposed to take her life. How many years ago was that, Blanca? 16 years ago. She's still here tonight. Hey, you ever get down in the dumps? You ever start feeling weak as a Christian? Well, I just don't know what this world's coming to. Hey, I'll tell you what you ought to do. Either start thinking about what God's done in your life or someone else. And the joy of that is your strength. And that's what the messengers were sending as a message to these people. We see their response and we're moving quickly here tonight. Next, we see what I've called a a maximum moving. I love this. Right into the very first phrase of verse number 12. This is a a wonderful thing here. Of verse 12, it says, And all the people... Now, I just want to stop there and, and say amen. All the people went their way to eat, drink, and send portions. And what that was referring to was serving others who did not have what you had or didn't have an opportunity to, to, to drink the sweet, eat the fat. Serving them. Now, I love what it says here. And a good day in ministry, Pastor Layman, is when all the people get involved. When all the people... Hey, do you know what? This passage right here is telling us that there is something for you to do for Jesus. All the people. 
Everybody. Well, I can't do what he does. God didn't want you to do what he does. He wants you to do what he wants you to do. Well, I can't do it like she does, and I don't have that talent and that ability. You might not have that one, but he's given you something that you can do for the cause of Christ. And I believe what brings joy to our Savior is when all the people seek that direction from the Lord, and then they follow through with whatever it is. Some of it's behind the scenes. Some of it may be you know, on the platform. Whatever the case may be. Some of it may be a little bit of both. Many of you are involved in multiple things. But whatever the case is, all the people follow through. And we see here a maximum moving. They made the effort. They obeyed. And I love this. the rest of this verse. Because, look here, they had understood the words that were declared unto them. You know why they understood the words that were declared unto them? Because all of their leadership was sending the same message. It was clear. One guy wasn't saying, well, I think this is what we ought to do. And one guy said, well, I think this is what we ought to do. And one guy says, well, this is what we really ought to do. No. All their leadership was telling them, this is what God wants you to do. And they understood the words that were declared unto them. When the messengers share the same message, the people responded and moved. All the people. I think that is a wonderful passage and statement there in that, in that story. The people of Nehemiah chapter 8 received the direction and they got with it. We don't know when our time individually is to meet our Savior. So it behooves us to make every day a day where we are seeking His face and His direction. Yeah, we're getting ourselves right with God, but we're also then going out and doing whatever His will is for our life. The best thing we can ever do as Christians is to invest our lives in the work of God. There's one last point here I want to give you tonight that I love to see and I love seeing in, in verse 13. We see a motivation for more. You'll notice it says, and on the second day, were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, and to Ezra the scribe. Why'd they show up again the second day? Didn't y'all get enough the first day? Look here, even to understand the word of the law. Brother Mark, you know what that means? The second day, they came back. They say, we want more. We need to learn more. We need to get more of the word of God so that we can be equipped to serve other people more so that we can move forward the ministry of what God wants us to do. And these people, the second day, they came back and they said, Hey, teach us some more. On purpose tonight, I chose that song, More About Jesus, because its author and the reason for writing the song was because she wanted to be a Christian who was continually growing. Why? Because she was feeding others while she was being fed. She understood the importance of going to church and being under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God because she understood that as she was fed spiritually, she then could feed others spiritually. And that's why she wrote that song, More About Jesus. And these people here, the second day has come, and they're calling for more. There was a motivation. Hey, there was a hunger. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God says, hey, you don't have to, I'm not going to hide it from you. Do we have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness? If someone had read the Bible to us from morning to midday, would we have showed up the second day and said, give me more of that? I need more of that. You know, as we minister, excuse me, as we are ministered to, and as we then minister, we see the importance 
of us gaining more so that we can then have something to give out to someone else. Brother Lehman, could I use you one more time up here in an illustration and we're going to be done. Everybody doing okay? Everybody all right? Okay, all right. Nate, let me use you again if I can. Can you come on up? All right. I, I had this loaf of bread stolen from our house. And uh, it, was a full, it was a full loaf, but we had grilled ham and cheese for lunch. And so it's only half a loaf. Okay, y'all forgive me. Okay. This is not a representation of his message this morning. His message was a full loaf. Okay. All right. But since this is what, what I have, this is what I'm using. Okay. Now, I'm going to take some of this bread. Y'all have clean hands? You don't have clean hands? Dude, you got dirty hands? What in the world? Because <laughs> i got to use this bread. for. We, we're having a Mother's Day meal after the service tonight. So. All right. Okay. So, hold that. Do you know where I'm going with this? Neither do I. Okay, good. Right, that makes two of us. I come to church this morning. Pastor Lehman fed me spiritually. Okay? He opened the Word of God... And he gave me something that I could, that helped satisfy my hunger spiritually. And so I received from him that which he gave to me. As I receive that from him, I myself need to be in the effort of feeding some others. And so I gain from him, from the preaching of the Word of God, and I hand out to others and I seek to feed them. By the way, folks, I want you to understand something. You can be being fed while you're feeding. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. I don't have... Look here. Look here. Give me that bread. I know you're hungry. Give me that bread. I don't have to have it all. I don't have to know the whole Bible. This ain't even in my notes, so God must be in it, okay? I don't have to know the whole Bible before I start... Dishing it out to the next guy. Here you go. No, 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 no. That's not, no. No, I'll never be doing anything. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to learn the Bible, but I can't say that I understand everything in the Bible. Okay? So, I come to Sunday morning service. Come to Sunday night service. Come to Wednesday night service. I am fed. Okay? I receive. I give out then. I'm involved in a ministry. I'm teaching a Sunday school class. I'm helping in a ministry. Uh, we, we gave some credit to the nursery workers. Praise the Lord for nursery workers, okay? All right, they've made a big change in many lives, okay? But anyway, uh, and I feed them. But while, look here, while I'm feeding, I'm still being fed. Do you understand this? Is this making sense to you? This is what the Christian life is all about. And these people said, we want to keep sending portions to those people you were telling us about in that message. But while we're doing that, we also want to keep being fed. And that's why they showed up the second day. Teach us more. Tell me some more. Give me something else. This is a wonderful thing right here. But I'm going to share with you one quick danger. And then we're going to wrap it up. If I get so involved in this... But I'm not involved in this. I have nothing to give. And this has happened to some really special people to me. They got so involved in this. And don't you misunderstand me about what I'm saying because we ought to be involved. But they got so involved in this that they were never receiving this. And they're not here anymore. You say, is helping out with this on Sunday morning a good thing? It sure is. What about Sunday night and this thing? Oh, it's a wonderful thing. Hey, about what the program's on Wednesday night? I think it's awesome. But if you're doing that to the detriment of this, you're not going to have anything to give. 
there is a balance to where you can be fed. Well, that was a good message, Pastor Lehman. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I heard a, a gentleman brag on him. Uh, I don't know why he did, but he was bragging. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, was, he was bragging, and he said, uh, last Sunday, your message last Sunday, and he said, wow, I could really tell he put a lot of time and preparation into that. And I said, he does, because he wants to show up with something to say to help people. I, I love that. I appreciate that. By the way, we're in a time of transition. You guys know that, right? Okay. We're going to have a vote in September. And Pastor has so loved this church and laid these things out. And I'm excited about what God has in our future. I mean, it's okay to say this, right? Because it's not a secret. All right? I'm serious. But here's what happens if we're not careful. And I've already illustrated that part. Here's what ought to happen. I receive. I'm coming to a service. I'm in this auditorium sometime every week. Receiving. Now, I'm also reading my Bible, I'm also my individual, but I'm, I'm receiving something from the, from, the, from the man of God through his word, through the word of God. And it gives me then the, the bread, if you will, that I can then minister to somebody else. This is what it's all about. It's a receiving. And by the way, he, he has an endless supply of bread, but, you know, those crazy ham and cheese sandwiches this morning, you know, or this afternoon, but I'm receiving, and I'm giving out, and it's a constant flow. Hey, you want to serve the Lord for many years? Make sure you have the full process here, okay? Make sure this is just as important as this. It goes hand in hand. And that's what the people desired and craved, and that's what they did for the cause of Christ Thank you very much. I'll put this back, and my wife will never know. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and I hope I haven't taken too long tonight, but I did want to help you with a few things. God has a perfect plan for your life. He has people in your life that are pointing you to Jesus. And I will say this, and I believe I speak for our leadership, whether it be pastor, staff, layman. We have a desire. And that's that's why God has kept this thing going now for almost 38 years. Our desire is to move ministry forward and set the same message. Follow Jesus. I don't know what your needs are here tonight. But maybe it needs to be something where you're just saying, Lord, please help me in that process to keep pointing people to Jesus. Please help me to be a part of continuing to be a messenger that's on the same page. Not out trying to send a different message to the followers. It could be that you're here tonight and God is just speaking with you about a Multiple things. I don't know. It could be our last thought there. Maybe you're so involved in ministry, so to speak, but you're never in a church service. Now you're here tonight because you hear me, and that's a wonderful thing. But whatever the case may be tonight, our music is playing. We're standing to our feet. If there's a need that the Lord is speaking to your heart about, we're going to take just a couple of moments, and we are going to have an opportunity to follow whatever it is that the Lord is speaking to our hearts about. Lord, help me to be the messenger that's in tune with you so that I can send the right kind of message to those to whom I lead. Lord, help me to receive that message and hunger for more so that while I'm feeding, I myself am continuing to be fed. Wonderful truths in God's Word tonight that I believe can help us in a practical way.
Maybe even while you're standing there at your pew, there's a decision that needs to be made for the Lord. I'm not necessarily saying that you're doing something wrong. I'm just saying, hey, let's make a decision to keep striving to do what we're doing in the right way. Whatever the need, whatever the case, maybe it's something completely different. Whatever the need is this evening, would we settle this with the Lord? Would we yield to Him? And then as the message was sent to these people, when we're dismissed and throughout this week, let's go out and serve others. Let's go out and tell others about the Savior and love on them as He would have us do. Lord, we're thankful for all that You do for us. Lord, these are wonderful people. They love You. And I pray that You would use us as a mighty group. Lord, this passage that we just read said all the people, everybody, found something to do that would point others to You. They involved themselves. I pray that we would be that people as well. We have received so much. So many messengers in our life has pointed us to You. We have no excuse. Help us, Lord, when we need to get right with You to do so but then to get up from that and move forward in investing in the lives of other people. And may our hunger and desire for your word continually grow as we minister to them. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I believe we have uh, a video, next video that we'll show, and then we will be dismissed. Is there any other things that we need to say, Pastor? Okay. All right, let's watch the video. our church or are interested in learning more, then you are invited to our starting point class next Sunday, May 15th. We will meet after the morning service for about two hours and will enjoy a meal together. During this special time, you will learn how to strengthen your relationship with the Lord, get connected to other people, and find an area in our church to get plugged in. We want you to thrive here at our church, and we believe the Grandview starting point will be a great start on your journey. Hi there! Well, it's Ladies' Conference time again, May 20 and 21st. We're excited about that as always. And this year's theme is Be a Happy Camper. And we're going to have a great time. And of course, on Friday night, we're going to have our drama put on by our Grandview actors. And we're excited about that. So we want to invite all of you to come. Make plans now. We have uh, two speakers coming in from out of town. Kathy Bailey and Amber Bushy, and they're going to be a great blessing to us. And then some of our own ladies, you know, we have the coffee bar, uh, fellowship, fun, door prizes. It is going to be a blast, and we don't want you to miss it. So make your plans now. Get your child care all figured out. No excuses, because we want to see you there on May the 20th and 21st. It's Friday from about noon until uh, 4, 3.34, then we have a break until 7. That gives you an opportunity to go out and have dinner with friends, then we come back for the play and dessert. Then on Saturday, we start at 10 and go to about 12.30. So it's here at our church, so it's going to be a great time. Can't wait to see you. Grandview Men's Softball is back this summer, and you can sign up at the welcome desk today. This year, we are playing our games at Wesley Lynn Park. The cost will be $40 to cover the field rental, team jersey, hat, and several weeks of games. For questions or more information, please see me, Paul Potter, after the service. Kids and teenagers, you will not want to miss out on our upcoming special Inflatable Day. Come to church on Sunday morning, May 22nd, for a special time in God's Word, singing, and an exciting inflatable obstacle course that we will enjoy during the morning service. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great evening and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Again, we're thankful for your presence here tonight and we hope that you have a great evening and a wonderful week. 
And uh, just let's yield ourselves to the Lord and seek His direction in all that we do. Please pray for our ministries here, our church, our school, and each uh, facet of that. And asking the Lord to bless and our uh, raising funds for uh, our new building, our family center. And uh, just so much going on. Aren't you thankful you're part of a church that's moving forward for the cause of Christ? And we are, and we need to keep doing that. And so let's keep that in our prayers. Please be in prayer for uh, Pastor Mutchler and Miss Vicki as they return back on tomorrow evening. And uh, I know they'll appreciate that as well. Well, have a great evening. It's still light outside. Okay? You can still get some things done, right? Or you can go home and do nothing. I, I like the latter of those two. Uh, you are dismissed. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.